Hey guys, we're live. Woohoo! Hey gang. Hey. Out there. Hello friends out there in the Facebook audience and those who may be listening on the audio podcast. This is the Mount Rushmore podcast live stream edition. I am here with my good buddies. Richard. And... Michael, we got to figure out a better way to do this. We gotta figure, yeah, we got to we got to adapt. Hold um, on, let me see what number episode this is. This is episode and this number is the, 284, and still haven't figured it out. Oh, we still haven't figured it out. 284, yeah. we still haven't figured it out. But these new live stream things are really hard to figure out because each week the cameras are in a different place and we're on different drugs. So this uh, to uh, your left, my right is this little kind of diagram here. Those are our faces. Uh, Michael and Richard are both wearing the glasses. Michael's the one in red, Richard's the one in blue, and I'm the one in white as the peacemaker, but also the judge of uh, this whole thing, but the innocent person in the middle wearing white. And this is the, <laughs> down below, two places where you can find this podcast on a Google Podcast, and also on Apple Podcasts, where we invite you to listen, download, rate, and review past episodes, because we've been doing this for 73 years. Feels like it. Feels like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what we do is we rate the most ubiquitous aspects of any given topic and pick these guys pick the top four and I judge the F out of them as they uh, decide, as we decide together what's the top thing. So, uh, Michael, look into the camera and I want you to tell the viewing audience out there in Rushmore land what the topic is this time around. I got to read it. So, apologize for me not looking at it. It's the Mount Rushmore of famous, but not quite as famous, siblings. Okay. Okay. I don't know why I thought of this episode. <laughs> uh, in between recording, I kind of turned to both of you and said, I don't know why I thought of this, but this is one of those things that kind of comes to your mind when you're thinking about uh, fame and why someone is more famous or less famous. Richard, I think you asked me if, uh, if I was more famous than my sister, and I think kind of, but only within a small community. Um, are you more famous than any of your siblings? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, Jeff? Now, does that mean... If you searched on Google, you would pop up. Don't search on Google for anybody. Okay. Don't ever do that. Don't uh, don't even look for ours. Okay. For us. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Fame is such a, a weird thing. Like, why uh, does it why does it strike one sibling and not another? Why is um why does somebody become famous when they grow up in the same household? In theory, maybe sometimes they even pursue the same sort yeah. of career. And and I know, in specifically, in a couple of my choices. Um, uh, they are like uh, right then, then and there, like going into let's say acting. Yeah. And some people are just more famous than the other, and what hits and what hits doesn't, mm -hmm. I think, is is pretty interesting. Yeah, and fame is something that, as far as a uh, measuring um, stick, it's not it doesn't mean you're a good person. No, and no, yeah. and, and no. In, yeah. in fact, my first my first pick, I think that the person that I chose uh, is better than their more famous sibling. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Uh, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, Ron Adolph Jr. is watching. Hey, Ron. Tremendous gratitude. This is a repeat offender that Ron Adolph has. I remember this, this guy from last week. Before the stream. Yeah. So much gratitude uh, to Ron. Um, so, Ron, if you want to, please, in the comments, share a not quite as famous sibling of a famous person, because we'd love to know who you pick. Uh, but since Michael chose the category, Richard is going to go first. Sure. So my first choice is Kevin Dillon. Okay. The okay. younger brother of Matt Dillon. Yeah. And the reason I chose him, it's not, not necessarily just because of his extensive uh, oeuvre. Oeuvre, oeuvre, so to speak. Yeah. Um, although he is very much a working actor and someone who has been doing it 
you know, very regularly for the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love the idea that he was able to, he had enough self-awareness to make fun of himself and be able to play the brother of a much more famous actor mm. in the series Entourage. Which I should point out for the record, I don't, I've watched two episodes of Entourage. <laughs> I didn't particularly like it. So don't lump me in with an Entourage bro. Is it true that you've seen all of Entourage, Senator? I would like to plead the fifth. <laughs> I believe he's known as Richard Turtle. Man, the Freddy. Turtle that is Freddy. my uh, that is my nickname, but for different reasons. That's a, that's usually my fighting stance. <laughs> he he also he, in his film work, unlike M- Matt Dillon, right, the, the more famous sibling. It seems like he has not chosen to stray very far from a certain type of character. He kind of plays Kevin Dillon in yeah. everything. Yeah, I, I was. By the way, I was looking at Matt Dillon's uh, uh, career when I was researching this. That guy had a run of movies. Oh yeah, where he was. It was just like that's a good movie. Oh, to die for. That's a great movie. Singles love that movie. Yeah, where like back in the mid mid nineties. I mean, Roger Ebert actually said he was the great... Him and Sean Penn were the two greatest actors of their generation. Wow. So I don't know what Matt Dillon's been up to, but it's interesting to me that Kevin Dillon seems to be the one who, even though he never reached the heights of Matt Dillon, he's been working pretty regularly for the last 30 years. I don't know what Matt Dillon's been up to the last four or five years. I couldn't think of one thing that he's done after Crash. I Googled him the other day. (laughs) Did you? And he has a nice indie feature out there somewhere, but I would say there was a good couple of years where Kevin Dillon was more in the popular conversation. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, Entourage was a big deal. He was yeah. nominated for Golden Globes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just, like I said, I just appreciate the fact that he would, had enough self-awareness to be able to say, yeah, I get that this is kind of my life, but I'm good with, with making fun of myself. Yeah. Hmm. I, would, I think there was a cable Cinemax. I'm a movie on Cinemax that was like a was it Catholic, was it was it was Sybil Danning starring in it? <laughs> it was a Catholic school kind of coming of age film. Was Sybil Danning in I, it? I don't think she was. Okay. Uh, it was a period film, and it was he he was great in it. I remember starting off thinking, "Oh, this is the guy that looks like Matt Dillon," but right. quickly was like, "Nah, he's, he's holding it on and doing his own thing." Uh, it's tough. It's it must be tough to break free of the expectations of that more famous siblings and to do things not in reaction to the career that you're being compared to right you know not to to contrast with or to merge with but to do it just because yeah and i think it's it's there it's it's few and far between the less famous sibling who eventually becomes more famous yeah that's a very hard thing to do the one i thought of and i if if they're on your list, I apologize for spoiling it, Michael. Mm, but right Elizabeth Olsen, no, who was for a long time just Mary Kate and Ashley yeah. Olsen's other sister. Yeah, sure, the one that they like uh, recorded like, um, God, back when they were <laughs> back when they were like you know uh, making millions at the age of seven. They like would put out music videos, and they put out like a music video against their like slightly younger sister who was like tagging along. Right, it was like. Basically, fuck off, Mary Kate. Uh-huh. You're yeah. you're five, and we're eight. Yeah. And, and here's our rap song about how much we hate you. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen 
pariah to, in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> right, and yeah. now she's the one who's you know WandaVision and yeah. Marvel movies and yeah, and I don't know what Mary Kate or Ashley are doing anymore. Yeah, I have no idea. Just sitting on millions, piles of <laughs> much like Scrooge McDuck diving yeah. into their yeah. piles Va- of gold. Valued uh, stream watcher Ron Adolph Jr. has been giving with both hands in terms of the suggestions. Mike Maddox, who I don't know, He's got to be the bro- younger brother, younger brother of, of Hall of Fame pitcher Greg Maddox. Mm. Oh, okay, it's a sports thing, so I don't oh, expect okay. you to sports. understand. What What I appreciate is uh, Ron's thinking outside of the box because I think some people think like NFL. sure, you know, I didn't I didn't think of um, sports either, but you could. I do have a sports of, person. On you do, okay. but like um, that is one thing uh, in terms of fame and just comparison. You can directly compare what one person does in a sport to another. Like where you know you can't necessarily yeah. compare like an act is someone yeah. or actor or whatever with with sports is like well does this person have uh, more strikeouts than this person how long do they play did they win a World Series X Y and Z yeah you can literally go home for the holidays and be like uh, so how many strikeouts you have this season Mike mm-hmm. not as many as me Greg your better brother yeah pass the turkey yeah yeah if you are um, Felgencio Conseco. You know, you you have mm. you're not just. Uh, he did have he did have a he, did, he had a twin brother. He did. Ozzy Conseco. Ozzy Conseco. Yeah. He did. Yeah, and I'm not. No, no, Jose had a no joshing. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So, well, it wasn't I, as good as Jose. What I think is interesting is you're bringing up something like uh, that. Kevin Dillon better career than anybody in the viewing audience. Was it as good as uh, Matt Dillon? No. Do either of them still get to call completely their own shots in Hollywood and decide exactly what kind of career they have? No. Yeah. That's not how that works. So yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Um, but also Ron Adolph Jr. is dwelling in so many other categories. He does bring up Shirley MacLaine, which is interesting. Oh, that's true. Warren Beatty. Um, and I would say they're almost neck and neck, right? With Warren Beatty and Shirley MacLaine being almost the same? In terms yeah, of- I think that that's pretty much a 50-50. Uh- yeah. Deal there. Yeah, uh, Ron did put a question mark next to it, as if discuss. And then Randy Brecker is that a music? Yeah, it's a Brecker. Okay, Brecker, the Brecker brothers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Michael Brecker would be the more famous of the. Uh, okay. Are these the like Steely Dan kind of guys? Jazz. Jazz. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we're 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 heading in the world of jazz, boys. Yeah. Put on your helmets. Okay. Also, uh, man, uh, we'll get to some of these other ones, Ron. So. Thank you so much. And if anybody else is out there watching, um, we each have a sibling that are much more prolific podcasters, and it just kills us. Their my Rush, brother is their jo- Mount Rushmore podcast that they do is yeah. oodles, yeah. oodles. Of, of- I keep telling my stepbrother Joe Rogan that <laughs> stop, stop taking yeah. horse. First off, stop taking horse pills. You are the wind above my wings, yeah. keeping me down. Okay, so gosh, now it's you. Yeah, yeah Michael Strong. Uh, my first choice, uh, Joan Cusack, oh, yeah. the older sister to, I guess, the most famous of the Cusacks, John Cusack. Oh, and yeah, did... you, you, you guy, you making a pick of me. <laughs> is that a Joan Cusack impression? That is a Joan Cusack impression. Wow, I yay! thought she was in the room. <laughs> oh, God. Put a, a, a wig on A now. very limited number of impressions, as you know I can do. Joan Cusack is one of them. Wow. Uh, I also didn't realize that... Um, even lesser, she's like right in the middle. Even lesser known siblings to to John Cusack is uh, Susie, uh, Bill, and Ann Cusack, who are other also working, uh, famous Cusack um, siblings. They're just in things. Okay. But Joan Cusack, um, I think she is tremendously more talented than John. 
Oh. I think um, John is so replaceable, no offense, <laughs> uh, as an actor that I could literally see any other actor in any other performance doing everything he does. Right. All right. To... Take it to the camera. That was uh -oh. our hot take. Oh. <laughs> That's our you're, you're on the hot seat. Address I, this. Oh, to, I, you're speaking directly to John Cusack. Call him out. At? At. John Cusack? All right. Right to the uh, camera. Uh, John Cusack underscore because he couldn't... He, he didn't no, quite he didn't get, get in to get the original so one. Fun. John um, Cusack, 12. I'll say this about Joan Cusack. I think that she is a tremendous comedic actress. I think she is so funny in everything she does. She's so wild out there. Yeah. She does have um, a habit, and I don't know which way it goes. Maybe they just have a really good uh, sibling relationship where she and John are in a bunch of things together, like Gross Point Blank and... Uh, even like starting say out, anything. Uh, say anything where mm -hmm. he was like, you know, obviously the star of that. Sixteen Candles. He plays like a weird dude, and she plays like the also weird girl wearing like a big headgear thing. Yeah. She's really good at like physical, physical comedy and just being big and over emotional, like in um, uh, oh, School of Rock and or In uh, and Out. Adam's uh, Family Value. Adam's Family Value, yeah. which I think is hands down one of the funniest comedies uh -huh. that I've ever seen and. We'll stand by that movie for forever, but that's a hot take, by the way. Yeah, it's incredible. But uh, I think that she will just never quite get to where John has gotten, uh, maybe because of the number of movies he's made, or maybe the more opportunities he's had as a male actor. Sure. Um, well, and also just the fact that he's been a lead actor, yeah, for so many years, and, yeah. and she really is sort of this great supporting. Yeah, actress. Yeah, uh, got my blue heaven. She had a great supporting role as like the love interest for Rick Moranis. But yeah, just like mm -hmm. kind of like uh, she's very good at being like uh, just over, just worked up about it's so high strung and worked up about everything everyone else is doing that she has to come back down to earth at some point and settle in or whatever. But um, yeah, she's my um, she's my first pick. That's a hot hot take. Suck it, John Cusack is what Michael Winfield says. I'm paraphrasing. No, that's, that's literally. Oh, that's yeah. it. Okay. Don't even need to paraphrase. Just in quotes. You know what yeah. is interesting is that if we if we go back to the sports metaphor, uh, so John Cusack might be like a pitcher or something like that, and Joan Cusack might be a shortstop or something, but we're judging them against how good they are in baseball. It's I think John Cusack by dint of how he appears. And he's male. Maybe have has certain opportunities that Joan Cusack, because she's she's attractive, but she's a little bit maybe maybe not a leading woman kind of attractive. Um, ah, I I think that she just um, happens to find roles that are stranger and require a lot more um, not overacting. But I think that she just she just finds these um, more oddball roles than yeah. necessarily. A, a leading lady. Yeah. yeah. Traditional exactly. leading lady, whatever. All right. So, uh, Richard, mm -hmm. what is your second choice? My second choice is from the one of the greatest of all families, the Stallones. Ah. And this would be Frank Stallone. Also on my choice. All oh, right. my list. thank God. Uh, mainly known as, I, I guess, other than being Sylvester Stallone's brother. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mainly known as Jackie Stallone's kid. I have it obviously. written down here as the lesser Stallone. Yes, the the, but he was mainly known as a singer. That yeah. was his deal when he was kind of like coming up in the industry, and you know what? He had a top ten single. Um, the <laughs> song was called "Far From Over," okay, and it was from uh, his brother's magnum opus, yeah, 
the sequel to Saturday Night Fever, Staying Alive. Yes. I've never had a top ten single. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. And also, Frank Stallone was had a role in one of my all-time favorite sneaky great movies, Barfly. Oh. As the bartender at the beginning of the movie that, that Mickey Rourke gets into a knockdown brawl with. Okay. So he's had this like just kind of really weird career. And I I think he's like the perfect example of somebody it's like if you need a replacement level Stallone, mm-hmm. you get Frank. Yeah. He um is interesting in that he's one of those it's so you know when you see brothers next to each other and you're like, Oh yes, they look they look almost alike. Yeah. There's so many things. And I was looking at a picture when uh, Richard brought it up of Kevin and Matt Dillon. Kevin Dillon doesn't quite look like Matt Dillon, but Frank Stallone is like if if Sylvester Stallone wasn't as punched in the face looking oh, <laughs> as he is, you get Frank Stallone. Yeah. You get Frank Stallone and just hit him in the face a bunch of times and you kind of look like Sylvester Stallone. Right. Like Sylvester's been like pumped up and brought back and overworked out. Overinflated and underinflated. Yeah, and... so many times. Right. And then, and then um, but, but Frank Stallone's kind of like right in the middle, you know, just kind of generic gangster looking kind of type dude. Do and... you think Frank Stallone suffers by the underabundance of Stallones? So the Baldwins... There's so many Baldwins that mm. nobody looks at Steven and says, you're the deformed, weird Baldwin. Or, or Wayans or, brothers. Or Wayans or something yeah. like that. Since there's so many, you are not the... You are not the... Um, lesser. The lesser. You're not just the one person in the shadow. That, the shadow split. I could see that. I think the thing with Frank Stallone, too, is that with Sylvester, he's so prolific and was so prolific so early on and became yeah. so iconic so early on. It wasn't yeah. just like he was Rocky. He fucking wrote Rocky. Yeah. He won the Academy Award for writing Rocky. Yeah. And then he went on to just create and be in all these movies that were just iconic and of an age that, like, you're just, mm-hmm. you know, if he fell off, if Sylvester Stallone kind of fell off the edge of the, Earl, the world after the year 2000, you know, 20-something years ago, he'd still have, like, a lifetime of work that is untouchable. Yeah. And I think that, you know, obviously, um, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot, um, Rhinestone. Right at the top, right rhinestone. At the top. Yeah, but you know, I I think that Frank benefited from his um, you know relationship and um, mm-hmm. uh, relation to uh, to his brother having some songs in different movies from Over the Top and Rambo and, and uh, uh, Staying Alive, Staying Alive, and I think that's just what kind of happens. Sometimes you just like a guy can be talented and just be given shots by someone else that is just. Even more so, and be like, listen, I, I like your work. Come work on my movie. Right. And what else do you want me to <laughs> He seems also very happy to just ride on his the fringes of celebrity. Mm. He's somebody, if you offered him to be on The Surreal Life, the VH1 reality show where they have like the C-list celebrities yeah. and they come live in a house, he would jump at that in a <laughs> heartbeat. Yeah. You would, he would knock... He would be knocking Joey Travolta over, <laughs> or Don Don Swayze, or somebody yeah. like that, to get his foot in the door as the celebrity yeah. brother on the show. That's funny. You know, like he's been on Howard Stern a bunch of times, and he fought. Part of the Stern things that he did is he fought Geraldo Rivera in a boxing match, and he's just done goofy stuff like that throughout his life. He just seems happy to be riding his brother's coattails. Yeah. Which you know we talked about. You know we talk about some. I'm sure some of the people we'll talk about are people who are not happy to be associated mm-hmm. as closely with their siblings. I, I will say, throwing back to... Well, first, 
uh, Ken Stone, if you're listening to this, oh, I want to let you know what I think is your best performance that I've seen is when you headlined Italian Fest in Los Angeles. Ken Stallone? Sorry. Frank Stallone. Oh, thank you. Frank Stallone. <laughs> I thought there's another there's, Stallone brother happening, yeah. Ken, Stall- Ken Stallone is the guy who changed the oil on my uh, 2008 FJ Cruiser at the <laughs> Oh, uh, Frank Stallone, you uh, did a wonderful performance at Italian Fest, and that, I think, is your best work. Uh, I want to say, though, um, the Cusack siblings mm. were... I think Joan Cusack, one of her funnest roles is in School of Rock as the kind of put-upon teacher who yeah. has to deal with this crazy madman of Jack Black, who I think Jack Black, I don't know if he's a Chicago guy or not, but School of Rock had this fun Chicago vibe, and I know the Cusacks are from Chicago. They're kind of from that, uh, that Goodman Theater improv world of Chicago. Well, I had the good fortune of working adjacent or kind of within the Second City ecosystem for a while. There's a guy named Jim Belushi who has for... Never heard of him. Never I like heard the way he said that. Jim, yeah. There's a guy named Jim Belushi who has for a very long time kept that theater afloat through some generosity, um, donations, opening schools and things like that. And Jim Belushi talks about being unfortunately in the shadow of his brother, but yet not really benefiting. There's in some cases where hmm. you'd say, well, that person had it easy because they're so-and-so's sibling well sometimes that just doesn't work sometimes it works against you where people expect you to be a certain thing that you're not hmm. because you share the name of somebody so if you want a career in comedy you have to do it a certain way you couldn't be the intellectual you couldn't he could he would he right. would be expected to be John Belushi well and and there's a story that Jim Belushi tells in the I know we're getting totally far away from Frank yeah. Stallone but what the hell um, there's only so many. There's you only do so many minutes on Frank Stallone. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a story that Jim Belushi tells about going to his brother John and saying he was going to start working at Second City, and John Belushi getting very angry with him and saying, "No, you're you're better than this. You're supposed to be a dramatic actor. Yeah. You should be at like Steppenwolf. That's what you should be doing." Mm. And so there was there were all, you know within the family this tension about what you know. I I think probably John Belushi thought he didn't want his brother to be compared to him and always having to be living up to him. So if he was more of a dramatic actor, there could be a break. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I think he did uh, Sam Shepard play or something. Yeah, he did more dramatic stuff when he was younger. Yeah. Just sort of fell into the Second City world. Yeah. After his brother died, really. Okay, so I think we're nudging into our halftime, but uh, as we... As we do, I want to thank uh, Ron Adolf. He's got some great suggestions, and maybe we're going to tackle uh, Tracy Pollen. Is she is she married to? Is that Travolta's? No, she's married. She wasn't she married oh, Michael to J. Michael J. Fox? Okay, uh, I didn't know she had a famous sibling. That's really. I, cool. I'm going to look that up. Uh, Beat L.A. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Albert Bell had a twin. Is that a sports thing? Um, Albert Bell was a baseball player. I yeah. And uh, great in Hudson Hawk is what Ron. Adolf also put so Ron, you can add, add comment more if you want to lead us in the right direction on something. Just of these watched comments. Hudson Hawk. Um, did you? Yeah, a couple, two, three weeks really? ago. Yeah. How was it? Uh, did you be- better than I better than I remember? But over the got, top. You got be. out of jury duty. That's the most important thing. <laughs> uh, That's one of the questions they ask. Have you ever watched Hudson Hawk? You're not fit. Yeah, yeah it was, not fit you know, it was over the top and campy. It was and, not over the top though. But it wasn't over the top. <laughs> nothing, nothing is as good as that movie. But uh, it was fun. It was like. 
I don't know. I twenty five years of like uh, not seeing a movie. Because you're like, okay, how do? Why was everybody so up in arms yeah. about it? It was fine. Well, we got to be so mad. It was cute. Oh, it's, it's Char syndrome. Oh, it was. Um, what's her name's in it? Um, Andy McDowell. And then uh, a week after we saw that movie, we watched. Um, we were on like this '90s terror movies. We watched uh, Four Weddings. Four Weddings and a Funeral. And just Andy McDowell was all over. Yeah. Like the late '80s to like mid '90s. She just had. She just crushed it from like. Sex Lies, Videotape. All mm-hmm. of them. She from yeah. like uh, you know. Uh, What's the green Ground, card? Groundhog Day green card. She's oh, yeah. just like, fuck, Andy McDowell was just like, a, like she in falls everything. off like a, a the Lancome truck, or she's like a, a an cover actress, girl or yeah, or a model, yeah. Model, yeah. Is she more famous than Roddy McDowell? I don't oh, know if Malcolm. I, maybe it's Malcolm. Malcolm McDowell. Roddy McDowell. Roddy I, I think Andy before Roddy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> depends. Depends on your love of the uh, Planet of the Apes yeah. movies, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, okay, so hey, uh, this is our halftime, and I'm going to say the same things I normally say, but I'm going to do it with a graphic. Here it comes. Um, that's the sound effect. Thank you, Richard, for supplying the Michael Winslow of the podcast. This is, <laughs> this is the uh, Mount Rushmore uh, podcast. You can go find us out on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Just Google search Mount Rushmore Podcast and you'll find us. And we invite you to download, rate, and review past episodes. It sure would be cool if you share it with uh, a loved one, a sibling, uh, give it in place of a gift. And we would invite you to also suggest topics for future podcasts. How do you do that? You can go to our social handles, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and write down a topic you'd like us to tackle. Uh, Ron Adolph Jr., you, sir, are our candidate uh, to be a participant in the Mount Rushmore podcast, we could zoom you into this window. We could zoom you into this window right here. You could be replacing this logo um, because Ron Adolph, you are very knowledgeable in the siblings who are less famous than um, the others. And he says Tracy Pollen is indeed Michael Pollen's sister, a food oh, writer. That's right. Uh, and Michael J. Fox's wife and a Family Ties co-star. I didn't realize I forgot she was on Family Ties. That's where they met. Yeah. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> We could have Googled that, but we're too lazy. At this point, uh, we are going to go back into the fray, and does Michael do, Richard does. The third? I'll do my third one. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay. My third one is my sports choice, mm. and I went with Eli Manning. Yeah, okay. The younger, derpier brother of Peyton Manning. I should have thought of this one. Yeah. Good choice. Good yeah. choice, Rich. Someone who, if Peyton Manning is a guaranteed Hall of Famer and one of the all-time greats, Eli Manning is a... Hall of Famer? I think it's pretty With close. a lot of question marks. I'm, I'm no, like, uh, Eli Manning stan, but I think he's done enough. Yeah. I think at some point you're just like, all right, you've done he enough. You won two Super Bowls. Like, you beat the Patriots twice. Yeah. You, you're America's hero twice for beating the Patriots. That's fine. You should be in the Hall of Fame for better than doing that than to just having amassed stats. Philip Rivers. Yes. Basically. Um, you know, when, when Eli Manning was first drafted, he was number one pick in the draft. And he was someone who a lot of people thought, well, he he's going to be a bust. Because a lot of times you've seen younger siblings of NFL players, and they almost never pan out. Um, and I, I appreciate the fact that Eli Manning, like I said, if Peyton Manning had Manning face, which was a big Bill Simmons thing that he would talk about, hmm. about how sometimes Peyton Manning would just get this very confused look on his face when something was going wrong, Eli Manning somehow even took that to the next level <laughs> and has 
It's just a litany of goofy ass faces that the guy makes. But in a very fun sort of way. Uh, our buddy Ron uh, wanted to illuminate us and say, maybe we brought this up. Frank Stallone was in Hudson Hawk. Yeah. Okay. And Yes, he was. Yes. <laughs> so this is kind of like, uh, wow, the, uh, the synergy is all coming together. This is like the... the uh, the end of Usual Suspects when we all <laughs> realized Kaiser Sose was made up. Um, Rich mentioned also that Ken Seiko had a twin, so did Oliver Bell. So, oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. Uh, but then wanting the comment, I don't understand this, Eli Manning is no Trent Differ? Dilfer. Dilfer. Dilfer? Yeah, the okay. Fresno State quarterback who went on to win a <clears throat> Super Bowl with the Baltimore Ravens as the worst quarterback probably ever to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> Eli Manning is definitely much better than that. Okay. Um, well, they, that's the funny thing I think is, is um, all of these people may be less than this stellar standout person nobody, that, that very few would be good at, but they're still pl- doing professionally what many people dream of. Yeah, they're still famous. Yeah. They're still yeah. top oh, 100 of all time yeah. of their thing. Yeah. You know, they're just not the best of yeah. all time at what they do. Yeah. And they may they may be the, like, like Eli may be the biggest Peyton Manning fan in the world. Maybe the first guy to say, yeah, I'm nothing like as good as my brother. So I'm along with you. I know I'm not as good as there is a There is an ESPN Sports Center commercial that involves the Manning brothers and their dad, Archie, a former NFL player, being given a tour of the Sports Center studios. And basically, it's Archie and his wife at the front. And then behind them are Peyton and Eli Manning. And Peyton is giving Eli like wet willies, <laughs> and Eli is trying to step on like give his brother like you know step on the back of his feet whenever he's walking. Flat They're, tire, yeah. Flat tire. They're like kind of beating on <laughs> each other, and the dad has to turn around and tell him to stop it. <laughs> so I always appreciated that fact that Eli Manning kind of understood that he was the little brother in the relationship and yeah. was publicly willing to kind of just go along with that. Yeah. I think that's tough too. I think that the generational aspect of, like you said, like Archie Manning, when your father is also famous and your father is a, quote, Hall of Fame, I think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know for sure. Maybe, maybe not. Hall of very good. Hall of maybe uh, famous. Don't know. But still, you have to live up, you know, I think you see that a lot with, with uh, professional athletes. A lot of times when the father begets the son and then suddenly they have to live up to their father's image. And then what happens if, like, you know, there's the, what's the, I mean, I don't think their father was famous, but the the Ball family, when, like, all of a sudden sure. there's, like, there's, like, a bunch of kids that are trying to do it at the same time to live up to s- some ideal. But with Archie Manning as being, like, this, you know, constant force in the NFL, there's, um you felt like a Jurassic boat. You have a praying <laughs> mantis in here. It's, it's a flying praying mantis. Oh, buddy. Hey. All right. Well, um, praying mantises. Pro or con? Am I in the hot seat? It's the can, hot seat. Can we? Okay. Uh, praying mantis, really cool bug. Oh, are you going to put him in the crossfire? <laughs> put, put the praying mantis in the you're crossfire? In the, you're in the... Michael, you're Sorry. talking to... Ah, God, this uh, is... Uh, the praying mantis. Praying mantis. Okay, all right, I'm so, sorry. You. Okay, so, yes. But uh, I think that there's, uh, you know, when you have to live up to your father and then you have to live up to your older brother, and both of them are very good and very famous and very much expected to, and then you have to come in and do the same. And you do pretty good, too. Yeah. You know? And now there's another Manning coming up, which is, is really? Cooper, 
their their other brother who like had some sort of heart condition or something, so he couldn't play football uh-huh. after college. Um, his his kid Arch is like the number one rated quarterback oh, prospect for like in hmm. 2023. Hmm. Interesting. So it's the, it it continues. Hmm. All right. Who- Ooh, who's next? My, my next third. choice. Uh, my third choice is Roy O. Disney, the oh, brother yeah. of uh, oh. Walt Disney. Um, he is not, he's even not as famous as his son, Roy E. Disney, e. Disney. Yeah, yeah. who um, went on to become the face of Walt Disney Company mm-hmm. for a number of years after uh, Walt's death. death. Mm-hmm. Um, Roy Disney is, uh, you know, Walt's brother. Uh, they founded Disney, Walt Disney Studios or Disney Studios together. Yeah. Uh, he basically was the effective CEO from like 1929 into the mid 60s, and was like, as Walt was the face and the creative one and the inspiration one, he was the guy that was just like, uh, he was doing all the financial stuff and doing all the behind the scenes stuff and making sure this company keeps going and makes money and all this stuff while his brother is literally like the face of a company you know while his brother while walt's out there with a you know statue inside disneyland with both of their names on it the Mm -hmm. name of the place the name of this company is your last name you know holding the hands of mickey mouse certainly there must be a roy disney world where he's (laughs) holding like a stack stack of ledgers or just like you know like a balance sheet somewhere (laughs) there is a it at uh, the team disney building burbank there is the partner statue, which is Mickey and Walt, and then there's nearby there's Roy and Minnie. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, sitting, wow. sitting on a chair there That's or, or funny. park bench. Um, the what what the 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 Royal Disney Building on the Walt Disney Studios lot is where all the lawyers are. Yeah, um, which is really <laughs> interesting. But um, I found it fascinating. The one thing I think is the most fascinating thing is he went he retired essentially. And then after Walt died, he came out of retirement to make sure that Walt Disney World was completed. I read that they changed yeah. that it was just going to be called Disney World, and then he made sure that it was called Walt Disney, Walt Disney World. Yeah. I mean, talk about trying to honor your brother and really put, uh, you know, uh, take it home that this is the more famous. And yeah. That, you know, this is this was his idea, his dream. Yeah. I'm just the guy that. Yeah. Made the numbers the, add up. And speaking of the numbers, that that was the biggest construction private construction project in history. You know, there are bigger, there might have been bigger things like the Hoover Dam or mm-hmm. something like that. But it was, by the time, on opening day, it was already paid for. So that's unheard of, like this this huge project. And mm-hmm. it, they were already in the black on day one. They mm-hmm. were making making a profit off of it. They learned their lessons from the early uh, problems that Disneyland had. Yeah, yeah. They, in terms of real estate, they sure got plenty of it too, so. Yeah, I think that's fascinating too. It's like because it was um, when they did open the studio, it was called Disney Brothers Studio, and at some point, Walt bought them out. Walt bought them out, and then and then probably observed. You know, there's Warner Brothers. Yeah. Um, but then there's also probably other 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 from a marketing standpoint, how much more streamlined it was. Probably to have you know one person be the face of it, and hmm. and Roy certainly wasn't that. So yeah, it's a cool choice. All right, Manfredi. All right, so my last choice, and I thought about doing an audible on this one, but I already gave Jeff the graphics, so I don't want to. <laughs> okay. I don't want to mess. I, it. I don't. I don't want to mess it up. Um, my final choice is Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, mm. yeah, great choice. The 
half-brother, I believe, older brother of Bill Murray, along with Joel Murray, John Murray, the entire Murray clan. Yeah. I think there's like 30 of them at this point. <laughs> uh, Brian Doyle Murray, if you, if you have watched any Bill Murray movie in, in the last 40 years, you have also seen Brian Doyle Murray mm. in it. Mm-hmm. And if you have watched any TV show in the last 40 years or so, there's a good chance you've seen Brian Doyle Murray. Um, you might know him as the uh, starter from Caddyshack, the guy who would send everybody off, yeah. the guy who was taking the bets on whether Smales, the Smales kid would eat his boogers. Mm-hmm. That's Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Was he also the one that was watching, was he watching the ball go in the hole at the end? Yes. Just like really closely to count yeah. it or not? Yeah. Yes. Is he the boss <laughs> yes. that is confronted by Clark Griswold at the end of Christmas Vacation? Yes, he is. Okay, okay yeah. Uh, he was also the mayor of Punxsutawney yeah. in Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was all, but he said he's had this fascinating career. Like he was, he wrote Caddyshack with Harold Ramis. Mm. Um, he wrote well, what was the, what was the name of that? I got it right here. Club Paradise. Oh yeah. The slightly less successful yeah. Harry, Harold Ramis film. Yeah. But um, was a writer for Saturday Night Live and SCTV. Has been on about a done all kinds of voiceover work and animation work, and just has settled into this great career as a that guy. Yeah, I mean Brian Doyle Murray is an ultimate that guy. Mm-hmm. He's got he's got great boardroom energy that guy vibe. Yeah, like where you could just you could imagine him in any he could be the CEO he could be a lackey he could somewhere yeah. put him in a suit and he could be like yeah. you can see him in any role of some guy in a suit sitting there doing something. And I just appreciate the fact that, once again, it's a brother who seems to appreciate the fact that his brother, older brother eclipsed him professionally, hmm. but doesn't seem to have any bitterness about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe he does and in, in harbors, harbors it in his private, you know, deepest, dark, <laughs> deepest darkest uh-huh. world of Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. But... But, you know, publicly, I mean, they, they just are, seem like this really close, tight-knit family that, you know, Mil- Bill loves putting Brian Doyle Murray in his movies, and he loves being him. He's kind of, it's kind of the Clint Howard, Ron Howard uh, yeah. Spe- vibe. Speaking of my fourth choice. Oh, oh did I Howard. stumble into That's it? That's fine. Go ahead. Finish speaking your, uh, of Rock and Roll High School from yeah. last week. Spe- uh, yeah, uh, I would say that in my brief experience in Second City and an ensemble comedy... As a younger person, you find yourself playing the wackadoodle nuts and the hippie weirdo or the crazy character, and then you start to age. And within five years, I remember going from, maybe it was my lack of versatility as a performer, <laughs> the fact that I wasn't that funny, but you start going from the, because Harold Ramis talked about this too, you, you go from being the uh, space cadet crazy character hmm. to be the one that Brian Doyle Murray is in everything where he's the authoritarian. Yeah. He's the person saying, all right, you guys, knock it off. Yeah. You know, he's the he's the patriarch or mm. the heavy. And it's no fun when that happens because you, you play the person without a sense of humor. You play the person who's kind of come in to kind of shut down the scene at the end. You, you, you can scram and knock it off. You become kind of the... the uh, uh, you're the straight man. You're the straight man. You, you're the the 16-ton weight that comes in and squashes the scene, you know, so so they can go on to something else. And uh, boy, it sounds like um, the character maybe you are going to talk about, or the person usually actually plays the weirdo. The, yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. Clint Howard, younger brother to um, uh, to Ron Howard. You know, Ron Howard will start off as the more famous one is obviously famous for his roles as a child actor. 
so was Clint, yeah. Clint, um, you know, on the courtship of Betty's father, but also like had did like voice roles for like famous Disney things. He was the voice of Rue and Winnie the Pooh and uh, in the Jungle Book. He had like a very like, oh, that is that voice. I don't didn't know that was Clint yeah. Howard sort of thing. But then Ron Howard just had a longer starring role on you know the Andy Griffith Show. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, you grow up a little bit and. Ron Howard goes on to, uh, you know, uh, Happy Days, and then he goes on to starting to direct things, and he goes on to still acting a little bit, like in um, uh, American Graffiti, and Clint's always kind of there, um, kind of doing small things, but then Ron really kind of brings him into everything that he does. I don't know if there's a movie that he's made, maybe there is, but Clint's always there as like this strange oddball character, maybe it is because he's kind of has he's a little odd looking has kind of like kind of funny teeth and just kind of like a strange kind of dude strange energy dude i mean his wikipedia was incredible and the thing that i gleamed the most out of it was recently has found success in his pursuit of making custom snow globes like he had six he's i wonder if he knows he's had success his entire life i mean albeit not as much success but like what a strange, what a strange wow. thing. Does, does he know Cor- Corbin Burnson? <laughs> Noted snow globe uh, collector. I don't know if you guys know that, but no, Corbin no. Burnson is one of the world's leading snow globe collectors. Is that right? It, you, made, it made me to wonder if Clint was the one that's editing his own Wikipedia page. Yeah. yeah very <laughs> likely. Guess what? I'm, I collect snow yeah. globes. I find it huh. compelling that Clint, I think, was first to, in the child star category, I think he was in Gentle Ben mm-hmm. before Ron Howard, but the, also... Clint's career may be more in alignment with is it Rance Howard or their father, who spent his life as a Western character actor oh. for the most part. Mm-hmm. So Rance, and I think both their parents were performers originally. I don't know if the mother discontinued her uh, or dialed down her acting to be a, 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 a parental person. But uh, yeah, so if I think of Clint's career is kind of imitating a little bit more like his dad in that he's kind of a work, work, working journeyman man actor yeah. who would come in and be the judge in a Western or be a townsperson number five mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm. There was, I think, one thing. Is Clint in Rock and Roll High School? Yeah, he's okay. the cool guy. Like when you go into the bathroom, <laughs> which is like yeah. totally biz- yeah. why last week I said it's such a bizarre movie. Um, he like whenever you go into the bathroom and it's all like smoke billowing yeah. out, and then Clint Howard has like a office in the bathroom where he helps basically fix problems for yeah. other high school kids. Yeah. Also, he's probably thirty yeah. when Rock and Roll High School came out. It does seem like Clint's um, other roles have been somewhat lascivious, uh, onlooker, you know, or like, right. He, he's often the guy who points to the screen and you know, lets everybody in the room know that something crazy is happening or something. Sure. I mainly remember him from uh, Apollo 13. Yeah. Where he was sort of a nerdy, oddball kind of uh, uh, engineer Uh as part of the team. Yeah. Of nerdy engineers. All right. Does that wrap it up for us? Yep. Okay. All right. So I'm going to repeat my imploring of you. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I got a hot take for you. Hot take. I got got, got a hot take for you. Grab your device. Uh, I want you to open this sucker up to your podcast aggregator. It could be Google Podcasts. It could be um, Apple Podcasts. And I want you to go to search Mount Rushmore and add that, subscribe to that. Now, do us a favor. We've had a hard time 
rising in the ranks of other podcasts. So there's two things I need you to do. Subscribe to ours and delete all the others. Okay? <laughs> this is the only chance that we have is that everybody subscribes to us and deletes all of the other podcasts. So I appreciate you doing that. All right. So at this point, I'm going to go with uh, Stallone because he was on both of your lists. Um, going on um, the Manning because this is a a, um, a fiefdom that is only continuing. And let's go Clint Howard. Okay. And uh, why don't we go Cusack? So, all right. And maybe we can get this, do this right, you guys. Um, this has been the Mount Rushmore of celebrities who are famous but have siblings who are not quite so famous. I want to ask uh, Ron Adolph uh, Jr. to um, please continue with your amazing support of this podcast and stream. We really appreciate it. Also, go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. <laughs> I, as always, am Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. Bye-bye, everybody.